You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. I'm going to read the whole chapter of, uh, of Romans 6. Uh, Romans, Romans 5 and Romans 6 are, are, are basically about uh, justification and sanctification. And um, uh, we'll just go on from there. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can, we, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptize, baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as I mentioned, um, I I told uh, Milton this morning that I just really struggled uh, the last few days with coming up with 
a teaching. It was that my mind, my, my thoughts were just so scrambled. I just could not put anything together that, that seemed like it made sense. And as I studied this passage and read through this passage many, many times, it's, it made me think more of, because it is, is about a process of sanctification, which is to be set apart for Christ and to become more like Christ. It just made me think of my own life. So I decided to just do that. And I decided to just talk about my own testimony. I apologize. Some of you, probably many of you, most of you have probably <clears throat> heard my testimony in the past. It's probably been, I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, four or five years since I stood up here and gave my testimony. Can a person share their testimony too much? I don't think so. I'm sure there's many people here that have not heard my testimony. So when you get when you get older <laughs> like me, Lincoln is constantly reminding me that I'm old. <laughs> so when you when you get older like me, you kind of tend to reflect reflect more on on uh, <clears throat> your life and the things that have happened in your life and and if you're my age or older or maybe getting to there um have you ever thought about events or circumstances in your life that um you kind of wonder where would i be if those hadn't happened and i'm not and i'm not talking about the day i was saved in, in in my life what i'm referring to is when i was 7 my father died of leukemia <clears throat> i was it happened in he died in august i was just about ready to go into second grade and i don't really remember a lot about him um, anymore. Um, uh, I, I know the Lunning family was, uh, a lot of his brothers and stuff were, there was a lot of alcoholism, at least I believe alcoholism. Uh, um, they didn't live anywhere close to being a, a Christian life whatsoever. And uh, I can remember, you know, you know, some of the the drinking and the smoking and stuff like that. I even remember um, when he was in the hospital, basically on his deathbed, um, they had, had given him some treatments and he came home for a while, but one of, the, one of the suggestions by the doctor was instead of smoking Winston's, he should smoke Salem because they're not quite as, as strong or whatever. And I thought, looking back, I thought, then that's just ridiculous. 
But anyway, um, then, uh, you know, my mom had four boys. Um, I was seven, and I can't remember, Mike was like two. And uh, she hadn't uh, worked, um, you know, during her married life. Um, so they were married like about, you know, eight years or so. And so she had to try to find a job and support us kids. Well, um, we had a, uh, a neighbor, uh, Johnny Grass, who, who had come over and, and done some help and things like that. And I don't know how it quite happened, but I guess one thing led to another, and pretty soon they were courting. And uh, they got married then about a year, uh, about a year later. And um, so it's kind of leading up to um, looking at looking at life like that from a child's perspective it's um it's difficult because it's difficult to accept a new father um, you know it wasn't your idea that you know you got traded in one dad for another in this case he died but you know i can think of of uh poor kids that go through <clears throat> um go through a divorce and stuff like that um, how difficult that that must be, and this thing's about to fall off. Um, so, through through those years and through those teen years was was really hard. Um, um, you know, my new dad, he was a good man, um, still is, by the way, um, good man. Um, and but they're just I don't know it's just constantly like this it seemed like all the time uh, throughout uh, those few years uh, in my uh, in those teenage years and and I'll probably talk more about that stage in my life than any other time it seems like and there's some teenagers here it seems like those years are the are the are almost the hardest because you're trying to find where you fit in, um, trying to find your way, and uh, you know hormones start raging and all those things, and it's just it's it's just really tough. But uh, I was probably about uh, 15 when my youngest brother Bob. Um, this happened in August too. Everything happens in August in my life. I don't know what the deal is, but. Anyway, this happened in August, too, because uh, it was sweet corn time. And Bob um, uh, was not quite a year old. He would have been born in December, previous December. But uh, he was choking on some sweet corn. And so to this day, uh, if I hear a baby choke or whatever, it kind of freaks me out. So I don't like that very much. But anyway, uh, and he... Uh, they never got it out until they were on the road heading to the doctor's office. And and my dad was about to <clears throat> cut a, do a tracheotomy on him. Um, but anyway, through that trying experience, my folks came to know the Lord. And so 
up until that time, we were attending church at the Presbyterian Church here in town. And my exposure to the gospel was I would get dropped off at the street, at the sidewalk, and go to Sunday school and get picked up the next day. This thing is a pain. And uh, so that was my exposure. And then we'd go to Bible school and stuff like that. And <laughs> I guess kind of a funny story speaking of Bible school. Um, there was some remnants of some sort of a disagreement between me and another one of my classmates who lived a couple, my, couple blocks away from there. He walked by one day, started taunting me, so I got in a fight in Bible school. I mean, can you believe it? Anyway, so we started attending church at the Baptist Church. And uh, so for, for that, probably that next year or so, um, I started hearing things that I had never heard before. Um, and as long as we're in Romans, uh, <laughs> a lot of those, those uh, things that I heard were, were referred to as the Romans road to salvation. So if, uh, if you guys would like to, you can uh, start by uh, turning to Romans 3.23. It's just a, in my Bible, it's just a page back from where we were. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, all, all have sinned. So none of us are born without sin. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I learned that um, basically, um, even though I was only like 15 at the time, um, there was really what I would consider no good in me. And... Uh, I started, I started learning, learning that. Um, John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. I, I hadn't heard this kind of stuff before. Go up the page a little bit in Romans 3 to Romans uh, 3, 10 through 18. Where it says... None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So as I look back at my time uh, when I was a teenager, uh, that describes me perfectly. I had a foul mouth. Um, I had a, a, a terrible temper, lousy temper. Um, so part of that was, was uh, antagonized my folks and I was constantly at a battle. And, you know, maybe, you know, I think a lot of teenagers go through that. Um, 
our kids did too, but not nearly to the extent that that I was, or even that, (coughs) that my wife was for that matter either. We were very, I was very rebellious. So, look down the page just a little bit to Romans 3.20. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. So what does it mean to be justified? Um, I learned a long time ago that uh, you can think of justified as just as if I'd never sinned. So, when I became a Christian, I became a new creature, as if I had never sinned. Um, I was talking about Romans 5 a little bit. Let's look in Romans 5. It talks about uh, Romans 5, 8 in particular. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We already read Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Lord was using the messages that I was hearing in that church, um, you know, Bible studies and all that kind of stuff. That, that was just foreign to, to me. I mean, I'd had no de- I re- really had no desire to be in church. I was basically drugged to church uh, each and every Sunday. And after my folks got saved, we attended church a lot. And, and uh, I just really didn't want to be there. But in spite of that, in spite of me, the Holy Spirit began to, um, began to work on me. And um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I haven't seen a verse that uh, that talks about this yet in the Bible. Maybe there is something there, but I was resisting that. I was fighting that. I believe that that uh, that the Holy Spirit pulls you towards God, and God saves you. The Holy Spirit was working on me, but I was resisting. I was resisting. Um, I was just miserable each and every Sunday. I went to, to church. It seemed like there was something that the pastor would say that would get under my skin. And uh, it was, he was just really working on me. So sometimes the Lord uses things to... Uh, get your attention, situations, uh, something. In my case, it was this. A common everyday drill. This drill is old, so it was probably, so we're talking about the, the time when this happened was would have been August, <laughs> Of uh, 1975. So this drill, yeah, I don't know, it maybe was five, six, ten years old, I don't know, at the time. They made them heavy and strong and sturdy. This has a metal, a metal case. Nowadays, they don't have a metal case. 
So the Lord got my attention with this thing. You'll notice the cord is cut off. We were um, putting, we were building some some wooden gates to divide a building into three three separate pens. And so what we did, we built those gates. We made them so we could remove them, and 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 we we uh, put a post in the cement floor, a metal post, just a just a pipe, about a two inch pipe. And that stood there, and then we, we uh, uh, drilled holes in this wooden gate and just used number nine wire to tie that together. So I took this drill, and I grabbed that pipe, and I was going to, for bracing, and I was going to drill the holes in that wooden gate. I pulled the trigger, and I was getting electrocuted, and I could not let go. It was like... It was like my fingers on both sides was a magnet, and I couldn't let go. So <clears throat> it scared me. It scared, it's, it scared me a lot. And I don't know, to this day, I don't know how I got off of that thing, uh, how I, I, I dropped it, but... My uh, my mother was in the house at the time, and she heard me scream. My brother ran to the power pole in the center of the yard to try to shut off all the power. So I don't know if <clears throat> if the Lord got him there or if the Lord just knocked me off of that thing. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. So, um, anyway, that happened on about, I think, about a Friday. And the reason I know it was August is because um, it was uh, county fair time. It wasn't the Mauer County Fair, but a friend of mine <clears throat> and I were going to, to go to the um, Olmstead County Fair. So we... We did that that night and had a good time and whatever and and uh, um, you know I I felt no ill effects of being electrocuted for a short period of time. Uh, I know my mother called the doctor and stuff and he asked if there was any burns or anything like that and nothing like that. So, but then the the next um, the next Sunday evening in church. Um, by coincidence, right? Um, there was an altar call, <clears throat> and I never sat by my grandma grass in church. Why would I sit by my grandma? I mean, I didn't, didn't do that. You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even want to be there, right? So, but anyway, I happened to be sitting by her. I need a little pitcher of water. So she was sitting beside me, and after the message, you know, I was sitting there squirming and whatever, and she took my hand. And then that night I, <clears throat> that night I, I surrendered my life to Jesus. 
So, we're kind of talking about <clears throat> something this morning in Sunday school. When you're up until that point, and when I was first saved, what is salvation? It's all about what what it does for me, right? I mean, I'm, I'm I, we are selfish beings, and uh, so you know, I looked at it. You know, as I look back, I didn't think about it this way, but I look at it now as I I thought of it as a get out of hell free card. So <clears throat> I went forward. <clears throat> Uh, said the prayer and all those things. And it was an emotional time, don't get me wrong. I, I, I know that God did something in my life that moment. <clears throat> but after a couple years, I graduated from high school and went to college. And um, during high school, um, uh, I mean, we we worked hard on the farm. We didn't. Uh, do a lot of coming up town and all those things. I, I did not get in any trouble, and and the Lord had changed my life. I was I I was thinking differently. And but when I went off to college, all of a sudden I had some freedom I never had before. And so I started um, instead of, instead of living like a Christian. I started living like the devil. I, I gave in to, to the uh, peer pressure. I mean, uh, it's, and it, you know, now I can resist peer pressure a whole lot easier than I could when I was 18. And so these teenagers sitting here, I can understand... Um, the, the, the peer pressure and, and what that's like. So, <clears throat> so I was living like a playboy, you know. I was partying, getting, getting drunk, and and uh, you know, probably chasing a different girl every other week. So it was, it was, uh, it was not good, and I'm not proud of it at all. So finally, one night I went to this party. And I had drank more than that before, and this time I was just bombed. I don't know what in the world it was all about, but <clears throat> I walked out of this building and walked across the street. I was going to get in my car and drive back to campus, walk across the street. And all of a sudden, the street came up like this, <laughs> and I fell right in the middle of the street. So it I decided, well, it's probably not a good idea to drive the car. So we ended up walking back to the campus, and, and uh, at that time I had a girlfriend who later became my wife. But I, I was going to go over to the women's dorm and see her. I'm sure that she would have enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed that. But I didn't make it. I, uh, I passed out on the lawn in front of the women's dorm. And it kind of came to, and there I was, laying in my own vomit. 
I'd never, I'd never drank so much before that I threw up until that night. And all this time I was living like this, I just felt so guilty. So guilty. It was just tearing me up, but it didn't matter. I still went out with the boys and did whatever. Until that night, I was... I was laying there in my own vomit and just said to God, just help me. That's the last time I ever drank. I guess for me, I don't really enjoy throwing up that much. And uh, that really taught me a lesson. And... So I started, I was living a little differently after that, and my, and my girlfriend noticed that, and uh, I started bringing her down here to church. And uh, a few months later, she, uh, she accepted the, the Lord as her Savior as well. So then we got, we ended up getting getting married and uh, having a couple of kids. And uh, we started out uh, trying to farm in 1980. Boy, was that a disaster. And uh, you just look back at these things that take place in your life and you just wonder, sometimes you just at the time you just wonder, why? Why is this happening to me? I thought... I thought now that I'm saved, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, we talked about that a little bit this morning in Sunday school as well, that, that these, these trials, these troubles, these problems, they're yours. Uh, if Christ suffered persecution and suffered on the cross, am I free from suffering? I don't think so. So we, we, we struggled with that. We were off the, off the farm there in about four years. It took us 15 more years to pay off all of our, our bills that we had with people in town. We didn't file bankruptcy like some of the people did back then. And we didn't get our loans written down like some of the people did back then. Our farm that we had was 80 acres, and it just went back to the, to the FHA, Farmers Home Administration, and so I was forced to uh, go to work elsewhere at that time. And um, our kids were, well, this would have been 1984. Uh, Lindsay would have been three. Grant would have been one at the time when we moved off the farm. So we lived in several different places. We were just flat busted broke. We had no money. We, you know, we drove junker cars. I got a job. Um, I worked some odd jobs for a while, uh, for about a year or so, and then I finally got a, a job at uh, Halcon in Stuartville. I was there for 10 years. 
And there was a lot of miserable days I spent there. I just, uh, that was tough. But during that time, I kind of found my life verse, I guess, which is uh, Colossians 3.23. If you want to turn there, that would be great. I guess it's 3.23 and 3.24. Whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So when you're working on a job that you don't like, um, I don't know why I spent 10 years there. I mean, I just can't quit anything. I mean, that's... That's my problem. I can't, I just have a hard time quitting things. And so um, I was reading an article about an NFL player and Colossians 3.23 was, was a verse that was in that. And I thought that just fits, fits perfectly. So, so now, you know, in my life I try to, I try to honor that verse, work hardly as if for the Lord. Because, you know, you kids, you're going to grow up some, someday, you're going to graduate from high school, maybe graduate from college, you're going to get a job. You might have a boss that maybe is a real jerk, and it's really going to be hard. Turn to that verse right there. That will help. So, I don't know. That's I'm we're kind of running long here. I apologize for that, but I just wanted to to turn to Ephesians. I know we've read some things out of Ephesians this morning already, but um, through my through my life later on, I you know I. You know, through the process of sanctify, being sanctified, which is hopefully as you, as you go through your Christian walk, you, you become each day, each month, each year, you become more and more like Christ. And so I just love the, <clears throat> these verses in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And drop down to verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's just, each and every day, it's, I just wonder, <clears throat> I'm in wonder, in awe that, that, that God who sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, and he suffered and he died, was beaten brutally 
and tortured on a cross until he died. He did that for me. So when we came this morning, we were rehearsing some of these songs. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe what Mel had picked out. Thank you for saving me. I mean, come on. So uh, I guess... I don't know how to close this other than I guess the worship team could go ahead and come up now if you'd like but I don't it's still it's still a process the Lord is working on me every day And I'm just so thankful. Like I started out by saying, <clears throat> you reflect back on your life and you wonder, where would I be if, if this didn't happen? If my dad hadn't died, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a part of the earthly family that I'm part of now. Um, the Lord just has a way of making it happen if you you know I it's it just it just boggles my mind I'm I'm sorry I just I just don't know how to close this thing other than let's just pray uh, Father I just thank you for for who you are I just thank you for for sacrificing your son. I thank you, Jesus, for for uh, laying your life down for me. And Father, for each and every person in this room. I just pray now that if if there's someone here that the Holy Spirit is is speaking to this morning, tugging at their heartstrings, Father. I just pray that that you'll just pull them close to you, Father. If they don't know you as their Savior. I just pray that they'll surrender their life to you right now. Father, it's, it says too in, in your word that if we confess our sins, if we confess you, which to me is it's just 
is repentance and acknowledging that you are sovereign and you are the Lord of my life. Confess with our mouth and and, uh, our heart, we will be saved. I thank you for your word. I thank you for just the blessing it is to, to be your child. Lord, sometimes <clears throat> we take that for granted. We come into this place and we sing songs and we follow with the reading of the Bible verses. But Father, do we really, really take it seriously that Christ laid down his life for us. I think about it like in a in a bunker <clears throat> during war and a grenade comes in there and someone throws their their body over that grenade to save everyone else. Father, that's what you did for me. You sacrificed you sacrificed Christ, you sacrificed Jesus Christ for me. I can't thank you enough for that, Father. And I just pray as we leave this place now that uh, that we will freely and boldly share our faith with others each and every day. In Jesus' name.